0: welcome everybody it is episode 76 of hot take from the kitchen and we it is march 2nd 2020. So this is our seventh week, week we've been on fire
1: yeah and then i can't next week and now we're taking a week off next week because i have a obligation all right okay. on it. so no it happens it does
0: all right and our guest tonight is aps superintendent dr john van wagner wagner, wagner. Van, wagner. van wagner all right I had van wagner and van wagner going through my head there you wagner go shirt. so all right so welcome appreciate having you on and i'm sure we're going to be talking about the school bond so prepare yourselves you can find us on facebook and instagram just search hot take from the kitchen and our email address is hot take from the kitchen at gmail.com. It is o m t h e k i t c h e n at gmail.com. And there are no new emails and no new
1: messages that I'm aware of. I just checked nothing. <clears throat> so we will move on to the hot takes. I had a tough time with hot takes today, buddy. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a slow day.
0: Yeah.
1: Or a weekend, That shouldn't a week, I guess yeah. I really do want to do it, but yeah. I mean, there was some stuff, but yeah, you
0: know. The three you picked were kind of big. Yeah. At least in my heart. Yeah. And the first one was Mayor Pete and also Amy Klobuchar dropped out of the presidential race. Yeah, they're getting down in the nitty gritty yes, now. Yes, they
1: are. Yes, they are. So. Super Tuesday coming up tomorrow. I think a lot of the fat out there turned away from the meeting. Well, yeah. So.
0: And I think Tom
1: Setter dropped out too. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, a whole bunch of people just fell to the wayside. Yeah. We liked Mayor Pete. He was under our horse.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind him. Yeah, I didn't think he had the experience. yet. No, I didn't think he was going to win anyway. Yeah, but yeah, you
1: know, maybe next time
0: or two
1: elections. Oh, well, you can never know. There could be a vice president candidate. I yeah. don't know those guys. It's hard to say, but he could I mean, be Sagittarius there. Yeah, I mean, there's
0: he does speak seven languages. He's the most
1: moderate. I felt like of the Democrats that gave me hope because. Everyone else is just so far left, yeah. it's just going to be out of control.
0: Yeah, it's so. going to come down to Joe
1: Biden and Bernie. You're probably right. Not all you.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bernie's just, he's out there. All right. Well, we will move on to topic two. And that is Flavor Flav was fired from Public Enemy. Guess he wasn't a fan of Bernie. And. Public Enemy name was going to be used during a Bernie rally or something over the weekend. Chuck Me was going to perform. So it was going to be on Public Enemy Radio. And I guess Flavor Flav didn't like it, and Public Enemy didn't like it either. Or at least they didn't like his response to the whole thing. So they said, all right, you're out of here. But I guess it's been going back and forth for a while now. So it's just a matter of time.
1: Chuck D owns all the rights to Public Enemy. Yeah. So it, uh, but it's really tough because I would think they're one of the more influential or late 80s, early 90s hip-hop yeah. political yeah. activist groups yeah. for them to kind of break up right now in a really interesting time with interesting political climate. It just it's, I just I saw that and I kind of I was sad. I said I shed a single tear How's that. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. Its just kind of sad to see seeing break up. But I guess it's just been ruined for a while. It just boiled over.
1: Well, Flavor Flav didn't do himself, himself any favors with the Flavor of Love VH1 TV show. Yeah, no, he didn't. And
0: then there was a thing where they had c less celebrity live in the house for a while. Yeah, he has not
1: done himself any favors. <laughs> He's brought it upon himself. Yeah, but it is what it is.
2: Flavor Flav.
1: Are you a big Public Enemy fan, John?
2: You know, back from the day, yeah. you know, with you know, was uh, was was you know into that and that hip hop, you know, music I'm and that element, but uh, you so know heavy. they They've not, you know, had a lot of, of big time, uh, you know. Uh, I actually had the chance to meet Flavor Flav actually uh, at a uh, Super Bowl party uh, that I had the opportunity to go to. So, uh, you know, it's uh, um, always interesting to you know see different celebrities and different things and you know the way they are. And yeah, and uh, you know, my favorite was definitely uh, getting the opportunity to meet the uh, uh, both. Uh, um, uh run dmc Mm -hmm. um they were at actually a uh um a country um show you Mm -hmm. know that was done at a super bowl party so that was uh that was pretty cool actually to get a chance to meet those guys and real real nice guys and uh so yeah so it's uh um the public enemy is you know uh a part of you know that 80s culture and and uh um, I'm sure they'll find a way to get back together and hit some circuit at some point.
1: Oh, I'm sure I, it'll financially boost <laughs> them to reunite. And, yep. um, I don't doubt that from that. Yeah. Probably a tour coming up soon.
0: Yep. All right. And topic number three is Michigan lost again. It is their second straight loss after
1: winning five in a row. In the pure water boy. Oh, no, we suck again.
0: Yeah. I don't know what happened to him yesterday. but You know, I watched the first half, and then it was –
1: can't play any defense right now. Too many open shots. I don't, it's like when I was watching Duke at Virginia. I don't understand what's – these teams just go in these ultimate mental lapses, and you just don't even understand what's going on. Michigan State did it against Maryland when they played at Michigan State. Yeah. It just, they just stopped I don't even know what's going on. And then like, You saw Izzo was having an aneurysm on the sideline, and then, of course, they almost gave it away last game too. I guess we're all the yeah, they had a nice big lead. They were up by twenty something, and then with like six minutes to go, they decided, hey, you know, let's see if we can get this in close. This is too high. Yeah, well, tough. he
2: said they had some bad turnovers, you yeah. know, some some boneheaded turnovers. You know, it was exactly you know I think what he said, and and uh, you know it's just Michigan State has shown at times they're as good as anybody in the country, 100%. but they've also shown that you know they're out of the top twenty five at <laughs> times too. You know, and so it'll just be interesting to see. If you know, uh, it's March, and if Izzo can, you know, get him together to make a run, you know, it's uh, they. If he can, they'll be dangerous.
1: Did you watch the game? I did. Okay, there was a scene where Izzo was not happy. So Maryland's making this run. Izzo calls timeout, and he just starts yelling at this ref. And the ref, one other ref came up to him and said something to him. And Izzo instantly went and sat down and didn't say a word. Yeah. And I want to know what that ref set is going <laughs> back to that. I've never seen coaches Izzo do that ever. Yep, And then he was just instantly like, boom. And I yeah. like, okay. And I was like, just absolutely fascinated by it. No, I didn't see I didn't watch the game. I forgot what I was doing. I think I fell asleep. It was like an early afternoon game? No, it was 9 o'clock. No, it was oh, It was late yeah, game. Okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably why I watched it. Yeah. There's another bunch of upsets this weekend. It's wide open now, it and is. teams are tired yep. because they're all getting ready for their conference tournaments. and right. they are looking ahead. And...
2: So I say it's anybody's tournament. Oh, you know, there's yeah. it'll be interesting to see the brackets, and always a fun time of year. You know,
1: are you do uh, you like basketball?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've gone to the Final Four quite a few times as well. Okay, um, you know, and uh, especially when Michigan State's in it. You know, was headed to the national championship game last year, but when they lost, you know, the first game. I cancel, you know. I booked my flight Southwest so I could rebook them if so, you know. I, I not that I'm a bandwagon, you know, fan, but you know, to invest that kind of time and money into, you know, going. If you know, if the if if you go and they lose the first game, you know, it's never it's never fun when you know you go to the final four. To be honest with you, you're all psyched up for your team, you know, and then they lose. You know, the the first you know the first night. And, uh, and so then, you know, you're looking to sell your tickets and figure out, you know, is there a way to get home early or whatever. And so this this time I waited and they lost and so didn't go. But, you know, I've been to quite a few Big Ten uh, uh, tournaments to, you know, Final Fours. And uh, and so it's always it's always a blast to kind of, you know, watch that thing. And, and uh, I remember, you know, teaching, you know, I taught uh, physical education uh, for quite a few years. And, you know, right uh, at lunch or whatever, the kids that have it on TV, you know, the first uh, – you know, the first games, then the play-in games, you know, yeah. and uh, it's just, it's a really fun time of year, you know, that, that that tournament brings. It's, you know, unlike anything else really kind of in sports, to be honest with you. Uh, just, you know, the Cinderella stories, the, uh, you know, the upsets, it just, it makes for a, a great time.
1: I think we're going to run a podcast bracket this year, mm-hmm. and we'll figure out something to give away to the winner. We'll make it worth their time. Mm-hmm. But, <coughs> um so it's just going to be me. I think you will be surprised how many people get in that thing. Especially since it's so wide open, like Dr. Yeah. Lee talked about. Um, I Anytime it's in Minneapolis or in Indianapolis, I pay extra close attention because of, you know we're big Michigan and Duke fans. And if they ever got to the final game, I would just call and tell Bruce, I'm not gonna be there, money. Yeah. I'm headed down, and yeah. I'll just find out a way to buy the ticket. Yeah,
2: and it, you know, with Michigan State, it wasn't Minneapolis, you know, and uh, and uh, and love. I love Indianapolis just as far as the city for sporting events. Um, you know, Super Bowl. I've had the chance to go to. You know, in India, what's great about India is just a town for sporting events. Is everything's right downtown. Mm-hmm. You know, the convention centers there, the hotels, Saint Elmo Steakhouse. You know, I mean, boom, and Lucas Oil Stadium right there. You know, so. It's a great city to, you know, to host an event like that. And they do so much there. They do the, you know, the, the Big Ten football, you know, the the championship. Uh, the Combine was just there this weekend. They yeah. host it every year in Indianapolis right there. And uh, it's a great city, you know, from that standpoint. Um, and and Chicago is a lot of fun, too. You know, a lot of times that, yeah, you know, I've had the chance to go to the Big Ten tournament. And you know, it's always kind of corresponds with St. Patrick's Day, yeah. you know, in Chicago. That's always a fun time as well, you know, to, to head down and, and enjoy that.
1: I, uh, have to go to Indianapolis for Chevrolet training this year. So it's not next week, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, in July. And I guess we'll have the new Tau mm. suburban Equinox trailblazer and Corvette. They'll all be down there their first Oh wow. So that will be pretty cool. Yeah. They used to do them in each, uh, market area, but this GM has tightened their pocket strings. And now they. Do like nation, you know, areas. So that yeah. Indianapolis will have everybody large track. region. Yeah, large yeah. region and, and everything like that. And
0: so, on. but yeah, it's do we should do that in
1: Detroit? You would think I've done a lot in Detroit. I did, you know, I've done a lot of trading in Detroit. I did some in Flint, just a while ago. But you would think one would think what they want is that racetrack, so you can take you can take the Corvette around the track one time.
2: and the, at the speedway.
1: Yeah, which yeah. I. Want to do, but I don't want It'll to do. Be well, because here's one thing: you're driving a hundred thousand dollar car. Yeah. Two, you are in the car with another person that you don't know because you're probably down there by yourself. Three, you're all in a line—a very, very tight line—and you're all going at 100 miles per hour. And you don't want to be the guy that wipes the car out because every time somebody wipes the car out, and you don't want to be that guy. So I might just kind of like, but at you're the driving. same time, at the same time, how often do you get the opportunity to be able to say, "Hey, I'm gonna be able to go to the speedway and." take a take a lap around i mean it's just i gotta do it yeah and then whatever happens happens kiss the bricks yes something like that all
2: right <laughs> i had the chance uh i was over in gaylord um i don't know about three months ago um, actually it was october 19th and i had the chance to sit inside of the, the new corvette yes nice. that guy that worked for gm from down the, the detroit area warren tech center drove it up he's from gaylord and a visiting family, and he had it there, and he opened it up it got to sit in it. You know, yeah. they'll do a pretty neat car. I mean, it's really all the electronics in it, and, you know, it's all just really a cockpit that you're in. Pretty cool new car.
1: We have three ordered, and we're expecting them end of this month, beginning of next month. Wow. It's just always starting to come in. The first one, obviously, the guy doesn't want it in April. Yeah. So it'll probably be roped off in the dealership for the first, I don't know. A couple months? Yeah. yeah. You'll have to come check it out. who's so this whole so what? Who sold them? Uh, Bruce and Larry, because mm-hmm. that's all. You know, these are the people that are buying these vets have been buying new vets for yeah many, many a time now, and they just come in each time. And the trickle, yeah, the yeah. trickle effect's amazing because we <coughs> already have people asking, you know, hey, are any of these people trading in their their C7s, or older models? Because I have a C6 and I want to, just kind of, yeah,
0: that's
1: my life. Yeah something like that all right so is yeah. that all have? that's all have. the only other thing i thought about talking about and i just forgot about it all right we were talking and i was like oh yeah that kind of happened today but i guess it wasn't in that important i can't even remember it um,
2: the coronavirus and what's all going on with that man, yeah
1: I, well now it's in the u.s officially yeah so
2: yeah you know it's interesting i mean it, you know it's obviously something that you know, keeping an eye on and and all those things. But I do wonder the media blowing a little bit out of proportion of, you know, I mean, there's obviously many more deaths from the actual flu, you know, from that kind of standpoint, but I guess that they're more just because there's not a vaccination or anything for it. But, you know, I'm getting a few phone calls here and there from people just asking what we're doing. And, you know, we really take, you know, our information from the state and, and the district health department they pretty well will tell us what to do from a school standpoint, you know, wow. and it comes down to that. But we're taking extra precautions, you know, Clorox wiping down our buses, you know, um, uh, we're, you know, extra cleaning we've done in buildings. And of course, Rogers City was closed again today, yeah. you know, because of sickness. And we've been pretty good with actual kids sickness. Our issue has been staff, especially bus drivers. We had, you know, we have a bus driver group that all have a small break room. They're all huddling, you know, every day. and uh, And so I knew that if we were gonna have an issue, that was it, and we did, we had two days where, we didn't have enough bus drivers to be able to have school. So, um, you know, the sickness has been tough this year and and uh, hopefully the, you know, the coronavirus uh, COVID uh, doesn't, uh, you know, spread as, you know, rapidly as can, I think the, the press is making it out maybe to be in and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get through the school year.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Alright, we'll take a break and we'll come back and
0: meet Dr. B. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early. And I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape?
1: Zen 24 Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek.
0: Whoa, where's that at?
1: It's located at US 20 feet south in Alpena across from Kiff Miller's Produce and the Lutz Plaza.
0: Wow, thanks, God.
1: Anytime, bro. Zen 24
0: Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884 4397. Zen. Find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it.
1: So, Dr. V, where are you from originally?
0: So,
2: originally from a little town uh, called Millington, which is uh, about 12 miles uh, east of Frankenmuth. Okay. So, uh, I grew up there. I really grew up, you know, my first, uh, till the um, fifth grade in the city of Flint, actually. Um, Grew up there and then uh, kind of moved right from the city to uh, kind of a literally, you know, a farm field. Um, in the uh, bottom of the thumb in Millington, and and I graduated from Millington High School. Both my wife and I both did, and uh, and so my family actually has been um, on that farm now for uh, I think it's 134 years. Wow! Yeah, that uh, um, it's a more been it was a centennial farm quite a few years ago, and uh, and so yeah, so it's been in my family a long time, and um, so I uh, I still own the property. Both my parents have passed, and. But uh, so I, I rented out um, and rented it out for farmland. And mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's what we grew up. Play any sports? Yeah, you know, I was a football guy, you know, through okay. and through. Um, you know, liked all sports, but you know, it was football and powerlifting and, uh, and just did that. And then coached, uh, I coached football for about 13 years actually. Right. Um, I actually started as we were talking earlier, I'm a Saginaw Valley grad and had the opportunity my last class of, at Saginaw Valley, um, I accidentally walked into literally the press conference of the Detroit Lions announcing they were coming to Saginaw Valley to hold training camp when Bobby Ross was head coach. And uh, so I had a really cool football folder. And one of the guys that was standing next to me literally in the press conference after I was done, he said, that's a cool folder. And he says, you you know, football guy? I said, yeah, you know, I I coach high school football. And I'm just finishing up, you know, school. And I'm going to go be a teacher. And he said, what are you doing this summer? I said, nothing. You know, I have one class here. I'm finishing up. And he said, well, how would you like to work for the Detroit Lions? And so I ended up working uh, as a defensive staff assistant on the field. I worked with Gary Moeller, nice. who was the former Michigan head coach, who was a linebacker coach for the Lions and on the field. And then uh, that was the year that Barry actually held out um, the beginning of the year. And so uh, I walked in one day into Saginaw Valley into the cafeteria one morning, and uh, a gentleman named Jocko Hughes, who was the director of security for the Lions, said, John, come here, I want to introduce you to somebody. And went in, and Barry actually had signed a contract that night. And uh, so I said, Don, this is Barry Sanders, and your job is going to be to take him everywhere he goes. And so I uh, really got to know Barry well, still know him well, um, you know, get the opportunity. I threw a lot of contacts that I made to my time in the NFL, and and, uh, and also some Division One football experience that I had. I had the chance to work summers as a graduate assistant for Nick Saban at Michigan State. Okay. Um, and so uh, I earned a master's degree working through the summers, um, helping run football camp there for all the high school kids uh, and the kids they were recruiting when, when Coach Saban was there. And, uh, and, then, um, and so really, you know, got to know a lot of people. And then I coached high school football for another uh, 11 years after that. And so made a lot of friends that are all over the NFL at this, this time. Uh, Adam Gase, was a, uh, uh, the head coach of the New York Jets, was actually a video assistant when I was at Michigan State. <laughs> uh, Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, was one of our gradu- graduate assistants. Um, you know, so uh, a lot of guys, you know, across that are out there. Mondre um, Ghee was a, a staff assistant, and he's now assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Seattle Seahawks. So met a lot of these guys. So I, because of that, I just managed to make enough uh, uh, friends that I, I managed to go to the Super Bowl every year, pretty much for free. I pay my my flight, but I managed to be able to get a hotel room comp and uh, and tickets every year.
1: Uh, cool. You know, this
2: is a year. This was year eleven um, straight. Yeah. Um, that i've had the chance to go so uh um yeah it's been interesting and so you know just but love all sports you know through those connections i've been to just about every major sporting event there is i've been to final four kentucky derby millionaire's row uh, which is my favorite event by the way the kentucky derby there's nothing like it the fastest two minutes of sport uh, you know well,
1: uh, my birthday is always around the kentucky derby yeah. and i have this dream somehow of <clears throat> two things: one, it's on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. So we want to go to Mexico some year. So yeah. Right. We have to, and then, it, <laughs> yeah, we might as well. And then, of course, put that, and then we'd love to go with the Kentucky Derby. Here, here's the
2: here's the dirty secret of the Kentucky Derby. A lot of people don't know is that you actually can get into the Kentucky Derby for twenty dollars. Yes. But it's the infield, and so the infield of the Kentucky Derby, and the people that are there. So they don't show on TV the infield of the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. There's a hundred thousand people on the infield. And it is a party like no other, and so I always say the crowd at the Kentucky Derby—it's like the Oscars meets NASCAR. Okay, is <laughs> really what the crowd's like, but you don't see that on TV. Yeah. Um. So you know all of the festivities—you know—you'll see women in high heels and dresses eating turkey legs, you know, and mint, mint juleps and uh, you know, different things. So it's a it's a wild wild experience. But even to just go to the infield, it's a fun time just to people watch. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, but uh, the other is kind of, you know, the other is I've had the chance to see um, a couple of triple crown winners at, at the Belmont Stakes. So that's uh, in Belmont, New York, uh, just outside New York city. And, uh, and so one of my daughters actually was, uh, um, was born on the day of the Belmont Stakes and I was supposed to go. She was born a couple of days late. So I had tickets. I ended up selling them online and uh, and it was a, a chance for a triple crown. The horse came up lame. I came in last place. I always say that she saved me, you yeah. know, the ticket cost and airfare, you know, to go to the, that uh, triple code rate. So, uh, but, yeah, you know, it's just kind of a hobby that I do. My cousin and I, we, you know, try and do all the sporting events we can and and work a lot of times to get free tickets or, you know, uh, cheap, cheap ticket at the last minute and different things. And there's only a couple of times where I've ever gone and not been able to get into anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've had the chance to see everything. Uh, from Masters to, you know, Stanley Cup, uh, World Series, uh, Game 7 of the NBA Finals, you know, I've had
1: the chance to do all those. So. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you graduated from Sacramento Valley. Yep. Did you start teaching right away then? Or?
2: Well, so no, I, I actually, uh, I, I worked uh, with the Lions that summer and, and uh, um, worked part-time a little bit and did some of that and with, uh, at Michigan State as well and taught um part-time but then uh, after two years i ended up uh, teaching full-time started my career in lapeer okay lapeer community schools um we uh, in lapeer at that time had about uh 7, students so we had two class a high schools lapeer east and lapeer west they've now actually merged back into a lapeer high school um with that but uh so then i from there i was there for four years and then my wife and i had just moved down to southwest michigan so we were in the saint joe Benton harbor area down there um for about uh eight years and then I had the chance to go work at the Michigan Department of Education for our state superintendent. Um, really enjoyed that. I was at MD for five years. Then I had the chance to uh, step into an assistant superintendent role at an education service agency uh, halfway between Lansing and Flint. And so I was in that role for four years. And then uh, this opportunity came up. I really wanted to be a superintendent. And um, it was a unique opportunity of some skill sets of some things I had done of career and tech education was really kind of important. We wanted to you know grow here and so it was just a good fit. I do have some distance family here um, that I always saw every year at our family reunion, you know, and, and with that. So uh, it was just a neat opportunity, and we were looking to, you know, uh, check out kind of northern, northern Michigan. And so uh, we've been here for four years, and it's been a great experience.
1: I see that you, like, I mean, the way you talked about Michigan State earlier, but did you get your graduate degree then? Remember? Yeah,
2: so I actually I have, uh, I have my bachelor's from Saginaw Valley. I have a master's degree in athletic administration, actually, from Michigan State. And then I have a second master's degree um, in uh, educational administration from Western Michigan and my Ph.D. from Western Michigan University. So when we were down in St. Joe, Western was a great option. And so I got to know a lot of people there and had a great experience there, too.
1: So a Bronco as
2: well. Yep. So, yeah. So, I, uh, you know, I've got the spectrum. And even in the midst of all that, you know, took some guest classes to maneuver my degrees at Central and Eastern Michigan. Wow. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I uh, I've actually, you know, attended classes at all the Mac schools in Michigan <laughs> and, uh, and I teach actually part-time just a one class online, uh, for Central Michigan University, uh, in their doctoral uh, program in education. Wow. So, yeah, so I've literally attended all the Mac schools. You know, the only one really big school I have is the University of Michigan. You know, I'm kind of, uh, the left out person in the family. Most of all, my family's all gone to the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. Oh, wow. And so, uh, so yeah, so it's always fun, the Michigan-Michigan state rivalry, and, and uh so yeah, that's the only one that I haven't you know attended at this point, so all right,
1: excellent Well, that's pretty good there yeah you seem one of the more colorful guests we've had background wise, of course, we're a closet, not closet, we're big sports nuts, yeah, so hearing all those stories, yeah. it's pretty cool. hear yeah, that you know Barry Sanders but... yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, you know, good guy, you know he's a a very um down to earth um always has been just a, a very normal guy um you know, and, uh, and just very humble and, you know, just a fun guy to, you know, just kind of hang around. And, you know, I remember we were both together in Dallas at the super bowl. Uh, it was the, uh, two years, I think, after, uh, the, uh, Jerry dome opened up and, uh, and we were, um, at a, a hotel, we were in the same hotel in Dallas. Uh, this was when the, uh, uh, Steelers and the Packers played when the Packers won. And, uh, and uh, we got like eight inches of snow on that Friday night. We're sitting in this hotel watching the snow come down, you know, and we're like, we left Detroit, you know, to <laughs> come to Dallas and it's eight inches of snow. You know, everything froze. It was a disaster. Taxi cab drivers went on strike.
1: remember that Super yep. Bowl because um, <coughs> Mike and Mike did their show outside, yep. outside the stadium, and they were all in winter clothes. Oh, just yeah. Miserable and- it
2: was bad, you know, and uh, I remember we had a rental car, you know, and, and my cousin and I, and and I remember we're driving and like, there's nobody. I mean, you know, they're freaking out and we're, we've got like a, you know, a front wheel drive, you know, a car, just four door and we're driving all over, you know, <laughs> to get the different. Because, you know, the, that's the hard part of Super Bowl City sometimes is, is uh, the problem with like Super Bowl there is that a lot of the events are in Dallas and some are in Fort Worth. They've coined it North Texas and the, and the stadiums in Arlington, halfway between the two. And so you've got a long ways to go for different events where different things are. You know, there's different, uh, you know, um, uh, dinners and stuff. Some really cool one event we go to every year called the Taste of the NFL. Very cool event that uh, they have where uh, um, it's a uh, fundraiser for the um, homeless kitchens in the Super Bowl host city. And what they do is they bring in every NFL team has their own executive chef. And what they do is they bring their executive chefs in every team and they make their favorite dish. And they have a Hall of Famer there, and you go around and you sample so strolling dinner all night long oh, wow. with all thirty-two of these teams and their specialties, and then a Hall of Famer there that signs autographs and all those different things. Um, so it's a really cool event, and it's a great fundraiser, like I said, for the you know the homeless kitchens throughout the, the Super Bowl host city, um, you know. And there's an auction, some of the coolest sports memorabilia I've ever seen, wow. you know, that's there, and they're raffling off Super Bowl tickets and diamond necklaces. And, you know, it's a crazy, it's a crazy kind of event, but it's always. Every year we go to that. It's just one of the cool, things, like you say, for the cause. I mean, it's just a really cool cause
1: that you know they do in each one. So, wow, that's intense. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I can tell Brad's impressed because he, he's <laughs> normally Brad tunes out at this point. He just <laughs> kind of checks out and then he hops ha- back in the top line. Yeah. but he is all in with you, and I'm kind of excited.
2: Yeah, about it. yeah, it's a it's a fun time for sure.
1: Unfortunate for you, we're probably going to pivot to the bond here shortly, <laughs> and then you're probably going to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'll keep him entertained.
1: Yeah. Um, we're gonna take a break because I think depending on what could happen, the bond could take a little bit. We have to record a 30 minute segment, so I don't wanna yeah. So a week from tomorrow, mm-hmm. or I shouldn't that's a terrible way to say it. We are recording on May March second. Mm-hmm. So t- Monday, March second, tomorrow will be the third, March tenth, we are the school is trying to pass a bond. Yep. so let's just talk a little bit about that
2: yeah so uh you know this is uh an attempt a second attempt at a bond uh about 11 months ago we had uh you know put a proposal out to the public that uh that failed and, and we learned a lot from and and you know we had a lot of people go talk to a lot of people our board had uh uh representatives uh, go out and talk to people and just kind of learn what you know was their thoughts and and things that maybe the board didn't understand and, and look at so um, this is uh, you know an, an opportunity for a thirty three point nine million dollar bond that is a uh, no mill increase. So in other words, you know from a tax standpoint from the school's mills that are put on a tax bill, it won't increase people's taxes. Um, now property values can change up and down that you know the, that we have no control over, but the actual mill rate on people's tax bill right now says APS de- debt one point eight mills. And a lot of people go, well, why don't you just use the money you're getting from us every year? And the reality is, is that that was all spent back in 1996. Um, a lot of people don't realize that Thunder Bay and Lincoln are over 20 years old now. And uh, so that bond is is almost up. Uh, and even a part of this bond opportunity, we're looking to, one of the things is people said, well, we don't want to have two two separate bonds. And so this one will actually work to pay off um, the other bond. Uh, and then uh, essentially that 1.8 mils though that's on there won't change. Um, it will keep that exact same tax rate. Um, And it's really geared, you know, towards major things. Um, Every building that needs a roof, every building that needs a boiler, um, we'll get a new one, Um, putting some security things in place, cameras inside and out. Um, A lot of people, you know, are surprised when I tell them some of the issues we have of custody issues or sex offenders that are trying to come into our buildings. Um, You know, we've had class three child rapists that we've had to kick out of elementary buildings. Um, You know, so it's just anything we can do to create some type of, you know, doors and, and, and some entryways where people have to go into an office and get screened, alarms on some doors and things like that. You know, uh, even, you know, we have some dangerous people, unfortunately, even in Northern Michigan, um, that, you know, people don't quite realize what we deal with with that. So really it's about trying to, you know, we, we take in the board has adopted that mantra of safe, warm and dry. And that's really what we're trying to do. And, you know, one of the big things about it, I think a lot of people are saying, well, why, why is it coming to this? Why, why, why wasn't maintenance done? And, you know, I. I, I've only been here for three and a half years and I'm the most senior person in central office. Um, but I would say that, you know, a lot happened to school districts with uh, uh, being t- cut a ton of funding uh, during the recession. Uh, seven years ago, the district was bankrupt. Two million dollars in the hole, actually. When I walked in, we had forty seven thousand dollars in the bank.
1: It's worth noting that when you walked in the door, the state was close to taking the whole thing over.
2: Yeah. Yeah. El Pino was a school district really in trouble. And uh, so, you know, a lot of things happened there. How those things happen, what decisions were made right or wrong. I don't know. I wasn't here. You know, what I know is, is that I'm here now on the board. You know, there's only, of the seven members that hired me three and a half years ago, there are only two left. And so it's really, for the most part, a whole, pretty much a whole new board, whole new central office of people in charge. And, uh, you know, we've been really fiscally responsible since I've been here. And we have done maintenance on a lot of things. You now, the boilers at the high school are the original boilers. They're 53 years old. You don't have a boiler working that's 53 years old without doing maintenance on it. Yeah. You know, same way at LOA. They're 41 years old. They're steam boilers. It's like pulling the Polar Express under a building, hooking pipes up to it. And that's what you're eating. Ella White Elementary, our largest elementary with 475 kids on it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just horribly inefficient. You know, the water that's leaking out of the thing, it's rusting out the bottoms of the things. You know, we're leaking water and, and the water is back back purging and, and having to be flushed. You know, we're losing gallons and gallons, hundreds of gallons of water a week.
1: And um, we all know water's Water's
2: to- expensive here. You know, obviously, the, you know, that's a big bone of contention here and... Well, that, as we sit on the shore of the Lake on is, you know, costly, but, you know, that's money that comes out of, you know, books for kids and supplies and buses and, and teachers and those kind of things. And so, you know, we're trying to be very fiscally responsible and shore up those things where we can save money, um, as well as make sure that we have, you know, very detailed maintenance plans moving forward. Um, one of the things that since I've been here, we've had a long-range maintenance fund. That we've established you know at at wilson elementary the power system was shot it was glass fuses we would lose power four or five times a year out there and you know out in the country schools the uh, sanborn wilson and hinks they are septic tank and well water and so when the power goes out you have no water to drink and you can't flush toilets You know, and all of a sudden around that time is when every kid's thirsty and has to go to the bathroom, you know, guarantee, guarantee. So, you know, and you're trying to make lunch, right, maybe at 10 o'clock. It always seems to happen right around 10 o'clock. And so we, we, I had to, you know, work with the board to make a choice, and we replaced the entire power panels and everything out there, including putting a generator switch out there, so that we now have a portable generator. So we didn't invest the money, so everyone has one. That was a waste that we couldn't, you know, justify. But we have one generator that, if power goes out, about 15 minutes, they can take it out, plug it in, and we can get basic things going: of septic well, water for, you know, kitchen, kitchen power, you know, power heat, you know, up. And, and make things run, you know, the boiler run. And, and uh, so we're in really good shape there. But, you know, that's that that's a big chunk of money, probably, you know, somewhere between $50,000 and $100,000 we spent right there. Um, sewer pipe at the high school, you know, the sewer pipe was broken and all of the manholes were leaking because they were all cracked water, you know, raw sewage into the ground and then putting that right into um, sinkholes all over throughout that. And we had a raw sewage smell going through this whole high school. Um, It was bad, plugged up. Um, you know, and 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 we we had to roto-rooter that. And it was so bad that, that in the breakage, the roto-rooter that Hall's serval came in and it got stuck. And it actually, it's still there, buried. We just ran, had to run a whole new line um, parallel to it all the way from the high school to M32 is where the sewer hooks into. So that was a $75,000 price tag that, you know, we didn't have budgeted for that we had to spend. Um, you know, so there's been a lot of things like that over the past four years you know, of my of my time my time here that we have put maintenance in. We've taken all the boilers apart every year, cleaned. Every three years they've had to be inspected by the state, you know. Um, but between that and buses, you know, a lot of people don't realize we don't get anything extra for buses that um, you know, there's a, a district in Macomb County, Frazier Public Schools, it's two square miles. They have four thousand kids, just about the same amount as we do in two square miles, plus they they, they get school of choice from other districts coming in. But they, they run like six buses and they get $8,500 per student. We're 604 square miles, a fleet of 40 buses, and we get eighty one uh, th- $8,111, you know, $8,111 for our students. So they get more money than us, and they have two square miles to have buses and we're 604. A lot of people don't realize the inequities and in how Lansing is basically to set a kid from Alpena is worth less than a kid from Southfield that gets 11,000 per student, and those elements. So we're stretching those dollars the best we can. And, uh, and and so, you know, we're, we're fiscally back, you know, up to a point where we're not borrowing money. You know, we were basically using a credit card every summer, you know, going to the bank and asking for $5 million just to make payroll, buy paint for the summer, you know, mow lawns, all those things that you have to do in the summer because we don't get a check from the state for the summer. You know, right. it's like if people are not Social Security, it's kind of like not getting a Social Security check for July, August, and September. Right. You know, and so we have to have money in the bank or we have to go borrow it. well. We've stretched every penny and tightened everything down since I've been here and been very frugal. And so to a point where we've got about $4 million that we have in that reserve fund to where it'll get down to about 700000 by the time we get our first check. You know, but we're not borrowing money. We're not using a credit card that a lot of people think that's the fiscally responsible thing to do. And so we just need help of getting the big things done, all these boilers and roofs. And then we can start chipping away a lot of the smaller things as we go through by using our our money, that very limited money that we have budget wise, just from pinching pennies um, to be able to do. You know, we've done a lot with grants, but you know, there are no grants for roofs or boilers. And a lot of people say, well, people donate money for things. Why don't they donate? Well, no, you know, we we had uh, a a very prominent doctor in town put in the paper, hey, there's sewer pipes bad at the high school at 75,000. Let's all donate and help out. And we got two donations totaling $325 you know, appreciate the, the the gifts that those people gave. But the reality is, is I can't fix a $75,000 sewer pipe on $325. Yeah. And so, you know, people don't want their name on a sewer pipe. People don't want their name on a roof. People don't want their name on a boiler. Yeah. It's just a reality. And so, you know, the state has made it very clear that this is the only avenue the board has to go to be able to make those repairs to keep the kids in this community safe, warm, and dry.
1: Yeah. I think it's worth talking, mentioning back in the <coughs> early, mid-90s, they change the way schools are funded.
2: Yeah, 1994 with Proposal A. You know, a lot of people think that all of their you know schools are funded by their property tax dollars. That's not the just not the case. In 1994, when Proposal A passed, it created the homestead exemption, so you don't get charged the 18 mills. You're exempt on your homestead. Now, a second home or you know businesses, they do they they have that part, but. About 27% of our budget comes from the property tax dollars that people pay on that state education tax. That And then for the second homes and those things, the 18 mils go towards that. But about 7% of our funding comes from the lottery. That's all. A lot of people think there's a ton of money there. It raises about a billion dollars, but the state education budget is $15 billion. About $1.2 billion a grade, kindergarten through 12th grade. Wow. And so, you know, the, the, the lottery, you know, funds one grade level kindergarten. Basically, that's it in the state. And then, you know, the rest of ours all comes from sales tax dollars. So when you buy a car at Cliff Andrews or you go to, you know, the store and you buy, uh, you know, uh, um, something for your car or whatever, you know, you pay that 6% sales tax. Um, You know, that's what primarily funds our schools in the state of Michigan. And everything was frozen in 1994 and that was decided based on the property values in 1994 decides how much money you get today. Now, when the state increases, they've been good at trying to close that gap of, south fields of 11000 $11, dollars plus to the eight thousand one hundred eleven. we get that we've actually increased because generally they give us two times as much as they give them but they still give them a chunk too and so there's still a gap there it's close sum. but the reality is is there's just still a huge funding inequity and even though property values here have increased a ton our funding has not kept up with that you know the reality is is we are still not getting really uh what we were getting even 10 years ago with the rate of inflation, um, with the cuts that happened during the recession, we're still not back at that point, but still have every year 10 12% health insurance costs go up for our, our employees. Our legacy costs are unbelievable. We pay 24 cents of every dollar that we've spent in payroll. We have to send back to the state for retirement. Um, you know that just is a huge burden that charter schools—they don't have to do, but they still get the eight thousand one hundred eleven. We do. They don't have to pay into the pension system, and they don't have to provide transportation. So in El Pino, unfortunately, we just get kind of the trifecta: everything that's underfunded. We have the largest, you know, geographic transportation system in the Lower Peninsula, second in the state, only to taquanaman You know, and so we get massively underfunded there. We're the lowest foundation, eight thousand one hundred eleven, lowest there. Um, you know, we have a high poverty rate, 60% of our kids get free and reduced lunch here in Alpena. A lot of people don't realize the number of kids that we have coming in, that the only food they get in a week is the breakfast and lunch that they get at school. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely have a lot of challenges, but we stretch every penny to what we can to provide the best education. You know, we have, we've had four national merit finalists in the last two years, kids that have going on, many kids going on to Michigan, Michigan State, a lot of good colleges, some Ivy League schools. We provide a darn good education to our kids. Our our high school scores are well above the state average. Um, So we provide a great education, but we just need a little help to be able to, again, fix those things to keep our kids safe warm and dry.
1: It's worth noting how you talked about the property values, the state sales tax, and then combined with the lotto. That isn't extra. That is funding that $8,000 per
2: student. $8,111. We get a little bit of federal funding, but it's very told what we do with it, like career and tech ed you know, we run a program in crew and tech ed that's as good as any in the state of Michigan. We have kids that are learning to, you know, work at auto auto mechanics. We have kids that are building houses to learn to be construction, you know, uh, uh, um, builders and and owners and and kids that are going into CNA for medical and medicine. You know, there's a lot of schools that got rid of all those vocational programs years ago. We still do that and we fund that out of the $8,111 and a little bit of federal money, not a lot, that we get basically pays for some supplies. Um, But, you know, we've won a lot of grants that we've written for. Um, that have managed to help us redo a lot of that. But there's a lot of counties that have a mill, millage for that, a mill, you know, just for career and tech ed. We don't have that. But we do that out of that 8,111 100, 8, and a little bit of federal money. But I think our board and people in the community have, have honored and feel value in those vocational and, you know, tech career and technical ed programs. And, and we're going to try and continue to do that. But again, we have to stretch every penny because quite honestly, it's just hard to make it all go around to do what we need to do for kids.
1: Um. Grant money, I think. Well, let's start with the uh, mill because I want to <clears> point. When we did the when you did the mill back in for the junior high to Lincoln, it's worth noting that over the the repaying period, when you pass the mill, so if we were past this bond right now, yeah, we get the money now, but we spend the next twenty
2: yeah, years, just like already. a mortgage on a house, right? You you we go to the bank, we basically sell bonds, just like going to the bank and we get you know the the the, the money, and then we spend it to make all the fixes, and then it's paid off over 25 years you know a lot of people don't realize in 1996 when that bond passed it was actually 2.9 a little bit more than 2.9 mils was passed it's all the way down to 1.8 less of a full mill plus you know minus you know lower than it was in 1996 and that was achieved by the district refinanced it twice just like refinancing a house interest rates have gone down over that time and so uh, we saved the taxpayers quite a bit of money over that time period to drop it all the way to the 1.8 um, that it's currently on everybody's tax bill. If you're in the city of Alpena, your summer tax bill says uh, APS debt 1.8. If you're in the townships, it's in your winter tax bill. It says APS debt 1.8. Um, again, that's gone down significantly. And if this passes after eight years, it'll continue to go down. It'll actually go 1. 1.7, 1. 1.6. Could go even faster depending on property values. Um, but, uh, um, you know, we're we're just asking to keep what we have and what we, you know, that was the one thing we heard loud and clear is people said, you know, we just, a lot of seniors and in fixed incomes, we can't afford a new, a new tax, an additional tax. And so they said, you know, that 1.8, if you can keep it at that of what I'm paying now, I see a need for, you know, your schools, but I just can't afford more. And so the board has honored that. And, you know, we're going to stretch every penny. Um, our board is very... Uh, um, uh, understanding of some of the mistakes of even the past, of you know, a roof at Thunder Bay that quite frankly should have lasted a lot longer than it did. And so, our board is going to assist in the bids that we get a 15 or 20 year warranty, third party, you know, for roofs, boilers, same way. You know, taxpayers get their money protected so things are done right. Um, use local folks when the bids are close, you know, benefit of the doubt, but if they have a good reputation, we're going to use them. Somebody that doesn't have a good reputation, the board's going to look twice, even if they have to go out and rebid. Um, so, you know, this board is very cognizant of the mistakes of the past. And I think that they want to, you know, they're all taxpayers too. And they want to honor the taxpayers and make sure every penny is spent right the way it should. Just like if they were spending their own money, you know, which it is out of their pocket, part of their taxes too. And mine too, for that matter, that you want to make sure that we're frugal and every penny is spent to, you know, the best ability that it can.
1: The grants you've received and the (coughs) bond both have a very similar thing. And I wanted you to elaborate a little bit on that. And that is when you apply for a grant for the CTE and it's for, to repair the auto, to improve the out. Yep. that money has to be specifically- has to be
2: used towards that, and and believe me, there are we have not seen a single grant out there for a boiler or a roof, <laughs> okay. Nor have we seen any big donor in El Pino that's that's been interested in funding those things. Okay, foundations, all they say no, those are things we don't do. We only do extra things for kids, and believe me, I've asked point blank, you know, and we'll continue. But there are no grants out there for those things, and so when you get a grant, to, you know, redo something. Um, you know, that can only be do that. Or if you get a gift, the board has to use it very by law. What the donor specifically said that money is to be used for. Um, we can, you know, quite frankly, you can go to jail. You know, I can or a board member can if they go against the wishes that are in that legal document. Um, and, uh, and, and the grants are, are very, very meticulous that way. And we've done our due diligence, you know, in career and tech ed, that vocational area. We've gotten over $6 million, you know, in grants to redo everything in that area. It's great. The kids have up-to-date equipment you know, new tools to be able to do things. And that kid, they're learning, you know, algebra, geometry, you know, in the trades, you know, those things that a lot of kids learn in a hands-on way. You don't find those in other schools. I'll, I'll put the best schools in the state. East Grand Rapids, Metro Detroit schools, Novi, those areas, we've got better programs, in my opinion, than they do, where these kids can actually learn a trade and they can go out and make a decent wage and not be in debt $120,000 when they walk out of a college. We have many, many kids that can walk into jobs right out of high school right now in these areas. Welders. I've got kids, I've got brand new welders across the board. I've got kids where the minute they get out of high school, they've got a job, you know, making between $20 and $30 an hour coming right out. And uh, there's a lot of those jobs they can't find people for. And so we're working hard to fill that need, but we've gotten grants to do that. But if they're cold in those rooms still, cause the boiler's not working, you know, it's kind of hard to have them concentrate on those things as well. So um, we, we just want to, you know, have our kids again, have that ability to be safe warm, and dry. And we're going to stretch every penny to give them the best education we can.
1: We walked away from the aisle improvements thoroughly impressed at the dealership. We were able to come through the tour and then go through it all. And it was just really amazing all the upgrades and current everything
2: that the kids are working on right now. Yeah, you know, brand new four-wheel alignment rack digital. Um, our lifts are, you know, for the most part, all new snap-on tools throughout precision. You know, they're getting certifications and pre- precision measurement. You know, when our kids are walking out, they know how to use a tape measure. They know how to use a micrometer. They can measure those things that our businesses' local need. You know, I know you, ta- I, I've talked many times to Bruce and, and all of the folks at all of the dealerships in town, and, and they're always, you know, looking for new techs you know, to be able to work on cars and, and, you know, and our kids are having the ability to work on, you know, some of the newer cars we've gotten grants to get newer cars, you know, where the kids can actually plug in, into the OBD system and the computer system. Cause as you well know, these, these cars now are, are, you know, computers on wheels, computers. you know, yeah. and the diagnostic of it is no longer the stethoscope and the engine, <laughs> to, you know, hear the tick noise. That's not it anymore, you yeah. know? And so our kids fortunately have that new equipment to be able to do that diagnostic and that. And so they can walk over and interview it, you know, at, at, at Cliff Anschutz or, or uh, Thunder Bay Dodge or, or, you know, any of the, the dealers or the local folks. And our kids will have, oh, have a real good base knowledge to walk in and then be able to go to GM Tech School or Ford or whatever it is and be able to do that. And so, you know, for our community to thrive and for people to have people to work on their cars or, or their appliances or whatever those things are, or to build their house that right now it's so hard to find people, you know, to do those kind of things. Um, nurses, gosh knows, we need that with, you know, the new senior living center that's coming in and those elements. So we're working and providing kids with those opportunities. And and uh, we've written all the grants we can to be bolster those areas. But we just, you know, if we could get the help with the roofs and boilers and, and some security things, it would go a long ways.
1: I would be remiss if I didn't say we're looking for a diesel tech right now and a body shop tech. So if anyone listening knows a diesel mechanic or a body shop mechanic, or guy, we need them both at our dealership right now. Yeah. So. Um, we're always looking at on these. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, that brings up the point of why you're yeah. doing what you're doing. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, I, I talked with the folks at ESI and, you know, and a lot of the, you know, I, I, I worked a lot with, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and talking to people and they just say, you know, the biggest barrier that they have to economic growth is, is people. Yeah, and, and so there's two elements. That one is, you know, we've got the ability and, and great staff to teach kids to give them the opportunities to do that. But second, if we want the other people that have those skills, doctors to come into town you know people with these types of skills they're going to one of the first things they're going to look at is housing and schools what what quality is the school both educationally and the facilities and if they walk in and they see buckets all over filling up and they go in and see kids wearing coats because they're cold you know and they see that somebody can walk right through the front doors and go down to a classroom and steal a kid that point they're going to turn around and say I'm not coming to Alpina. so you know this is an opportunity we have to invest in our community to make sure that quality of life that people are used to you know, the reality is, is with the baby boomer is retiring, there's just less people. There's less kids. Uh-huh. You know, the, the 77 or 78 graduating class here was 800 students. Right now we're at 300. You know, there are just less of them to take these jobs. And so we have to be able to give our very best to keep our own kids and have them, in, you know, educated in these things that we need, <laughs> as well as to attract other people to be able to come here, to be able to fulfill those so that our community can even stay what it is, let alone grow.
1: If you go to the school's website, which is
2: www.alpinaschools.com,
1: you will find a very well thought out pamphlet.
2: Everything. You, you can see a itemized list of every single thing we're in the bond, a price for it, and it's a conservative price. We don't want to end up in a situation, our board has made it adamant to me, that we make sure we have enough money to say we're going to do what we say we're going to do. That we don't have to say, oh, well, we're only going to put one boiler in and not two because we don't have enough or anything like that. We want to make sure that what's in that pamphlet we can do. And so we've considerably do that and we're going to stretch it out over five years, doing the, the things that are the worst first boiler, at Ella white rough at Wilson rough at, at Besser are immediate. Um, but there's a few other things like that, that, you know, over the five years get the best bid we can. A lot of contractors are two and three years out right now. So we've got to start bidding those things up for those time periods to get good rates. And so to really think this out well, um, and we can do that. I'm real confident. Our board, uh, um, is is right now working with wool gas corporation they're building northland credit union they build all the mcdonald's in the state of michigan um, they're a great construction management company that'll make sure everything gets done great and that things get done to you know the quality level the board uh, is is requiring and then our architects a company called interior designs incorporated um, out of marquette and they have an office in brighton what we like about them they know northern michigan they know you work with contractors in northern Michigan that's really important to the board as well especially local contractors that have a great reputation that you know uh, that have an opportunity and our board actually has the uh, will approve every single bit it won't be another company or a group it'll be our board that'll look at every single one of them and they'll give the yes or no if this passes on who we hire and so uh, I really think that this board it's a great board to work with. upstanding citizens that want to do right by the kids and the taxpayers and uh i think given the opportunity that they'll earn the trust of the people here in alpino
1: the last point i wanted to that i know that you i heard you make is that a while back the, <coughs> the aps workers teachers had to take a pretty decent size cut
2: yeah before my time yeah you know again there you know all of the employees in the district took a 10 percent cut you know that was a part of that you know 470 dollars per student cut mid-year you know without any warning um, money that was already spent, you know. Quite honestly, and so the, you know, this this uh, um, staff and, and the town and as education has gone through some tough times. I mean, going all the way back, Black Friday, all those things. And so um, here's a, you know, we we've, we've got things on a good a good front right now. We've got quality education. We've got those career and tech programs that are going great. You know, through donations with technology at rich, every kid has access to a, a computer. A lot of good things going on here. Um, kids going to colleges all over the place, robotics programs that are qualifying for world championships, yes. you know, across the board. We've got great things here in Alpina for our kids. Like, it's just these basic things we need to help with. I, I don't have the money to go out and, and replace all these boilers and roughs. And I'm not going to be able to squeeze enough out of every penny from the state of what they underfund us, quite honestly. And I've been lancing almost every month, kind of, you know, you know, almost yelling, to be honest with you. You know, I can promise you Jim Stomus knows exactly who I am, uh-huh. you know, and Sue Aller knows exactly who I am. And I'm explaining and making sure they they get the point as well as the governor's office, everybody that Alpena kids are worth every bit as a kid from Southfield and that we should get our due from our taxpayers as well. And so that's something that I'm hoping that we can inform more our taxpayers as we move forward and that raise that alarm that they, you know, to hold, you know, our, our elected officials accountable to make sure that our kids get what they're worth. Um, but for right now, it's been made clear, you know, the Mackinac Center ran a real good article in the Opinion News that just point blank explained that the state has left anything with infrastructure. They don't give us any extra money for it. They, they expect the taxpayers in the communities to take care of their buildings. That's what the state has relegated. And our board has no other choice. And so our board has tried to peel that back down to the bare essentials and uh, with a no tax, you know, mill increase and uh, make sure we stretch everything to do the best we can for the kids.
1: It's worth knowing on that one panel that is floating around town. If you look in the back, you have uh, other schools in the area and the mills that they have. And it's, I mean, I'll say it for you. Alpena's mill rate is one of the lowest in the entire area.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's definitely, a, you know, a low, a low rate compared, you know, there's uh, uh, schools, you know, in our area that are compared in that, as well as our athletic league. Um, if you take a look at, uh, the Cadillac area, Wexford County, very similar to us, all socioeconomics, all those kind of things. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely there at that six mil rate. You know, you look at Traverse Cities in that you know, three mil area, um, and even Atlanta and Hillman, you know, are considerably more than us, um, at this point. Uh, so you know, we're and again, we're only asking for what we have now of that 1.8. Um, so uh, we're hopeful that the taxpayers will understand. We've tried to be very clear and 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 uh, transparent and exactly what we're trying to do. Um, again, at any point through this week, people can get an absentee ballot. They can call my office, 989-358-5040. I'll drop everything, take them on a tour, get them on a ladder, go down, show them boilers, rough, show them what we're dealing with. Um, unless there are any question anybody has.
1: Well, we're going to take a break. And then we'll come back. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, now we're going to move on to our top five and our top five this week is our top five Super Bowls. So I will start it off. And my number five is Super Bowl 16. It was San Francisco versus Cincinnati. And it was the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it was First Super Bowl for San Francisco, and it started their dynasty, but they didn't have Jerry Rice yet. Just kind of sad.
1: Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Um, for me, honorable mention, I got one Super Bowl 20 with the Bears just because it's Super Bowl shuffled, and I was a kid. <laughs> All right, so that's why it's making my honorable mention. Uh, 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 uh. Super Bowl 34 with the Rams. for my number five. Mm-hmm. So that's the one more yard pledge that's happening for the next year for the Titans. But yeah. it really had the greatest show in turf. And for some reason, it seemed like after that Super Bowl, the NFL put the fun police out and really started living end zone celebrations, and yeah. especially group ones, which they brought back this year. But I don't know, it just was a different time in the NFL. And I don't Number four. So my, mm. that was my number four. Oh, nice. I'm just
2: going in order. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. I uh number five. I'm going to go one that was a, a, a real favorite for me. Um, as an opportunity, I had the chance to be there, um, uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, the Eagles uh beating the Patriots. This was the one Nick Foles uh caught the, you know, the touchdown kind of on the reverse play. And a good friend of mine Brian Brayman, um played for the Eagles, so I got to go down on the field with his family after the game and uh and brian is a uh, really neat guy he retired last year that was his last game he had a neat story he actually got cut by the eagles earlier in the year and he was out of football and when um uh carson wentz got hurt um and hurt his knee he got a call uh, and uh, two weeks left in the regular season to come back and play special teams, wow. and then uh, and manage to play the rest of the way through and won a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl ring, and retired. But uh, he uh, he actually did uh, for a special teams guy. He actually did the pregame speech for the Eagles in that game, and so uh, uh, he's a he's a neat guy that I, I hang out with at every Super Bowl. You know, so fun for me.
0: Yeah. So my number four was Super Bowl 34.
1: My number four is Super Bowl 41. It's when the Colts beat the Bears. It was Peyton Manning's for Super Bowl. But most importantly, it was the halftime show that I'm making a number four. It was Prince. Yeah, that's so yeah. <laughs> yeah, a good one. So that is my number four. Okay. Um,
2: you know, my number four is probably uh, when the uh, New York Giants beat uh, Super Bowl, it would be uh, uh, 52, is it? Um, with the, uh, or no, it would be what? Um, uh, forty two. yeah, 42, the, uh, giants beat the Patriots. This is the Eli Manning's, uh, game and, and, you so know, sick and, to my stomach. you know, this is, uh, Michael Strahan's last game, you know, game. And, and, uh, you know, I just, I I've seen the Patriots so many times. I'm just not a Patriots lover. And, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, and I know a lot of Michigan folks love Tom Brady and all that, but, uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed the times the Patriots have gotten beat, to be honest with you. The only time I actually have rooted for the Patriots in the Super Bowl is when they played the Rams because I'm not an Endomic and Sioux fan after he left the Lions the way he did. So, uh, therefore, I was that was the one time I was a Patriots fan at the Super Bowl. But uh, um, definitely thought that, you know, that was a good one. Um, and I had the chance in that one to actually sit with the Giants family um, in that section um, is where I ended up getting a ticket in. So, uh, that was kind of fun being with all the family members and stuff when they won that
0: right my number three is super bowl 44 this is new orleans In- indianapolis. and indianapolis new orleans just put it to indianapolis
1: did you think that was rigged john um there are people uh, that say it was because that that was a rigged super bowl i just want to know that somebody obviously you've gone to a lot of them yeah so, and then you have like just a little more you know i don't and-
2: think the only one that i think was rigged you know <laughs> and and you know and i'm not sure where was that one at the
0: that was in Sunlight Stadium
2: in Miami. Yeah, no. So the one is with the Ravens in New Orleans oh, yeah. when the lights went out. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, that one, it changed the momentum. You know, there's a lot of theories there that they hadn't sold enough concession stand <laughs> stuff, you know. And so they got an extra 20 minutes of sales, you know, by when the power went out in, the, in New Orleans. You know, so that's the only one that I've ever kind of figured like, that there was some kind of wow. fishy deal going on there, you know, that – they just, you know, they still had a lot of popcorn and <laughs> hot dogs and brats to sell I, at that point, I, you know.
1: I appreciate your insight. I've always <laughs> that. Um, my number three for me would be Super Bowl 29. So that is when the Niners beat the uh, Chargers. It was Dion Sanders' first run with the suit, 49ers. Uh-huh. He intercepted that ball, got hit, and then he popped right up and he pointed to the scoreboard. And that's one of my favorite moments ever. Is like, yeah, we're up by like 30. And so, what is your point here? So
2: so my next one would probably be super bowl uh 48 um that was the patriots and the carolina panthers um that one uh that was that was a little special for me because i had a, a former player actually his brother who had graduated a year before him but his brother um, was a special teams player in defensive end for the Carolina Panthers, Kemp Rasmussen from Lapeer West High School. And so he had the first tackle of the game, you know, and all the bulbs and everything are going off with that one. So, you know, mine are always a little different, special, because the different people maybe yes. I've known. And, Which is awesome. And yeah, like those kind problem. of things. So it's a different deal. And so, and of course, they lost that game, you know, the Patriots. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always kind of fun to see a kid that, you know, Kemp uh, – Kemp was a little bit undersized, but could run like a deer. He played at Indiana. He was a co-captain with Antoine randall L at at Indiana. And then he ended up being signed an unrestricted free agent with the Panthers and then also played with the Seahawks. Uh, You know, and he's a a fireman now in Charlotte, uh, uh, North Carolina and married, you know, a cheerleader, you know, Carolina Panthers cheerleader and living the life, you know, that, you know, is pretty darn good, you know? So uh, so that'd be my next one. All right. Uh, My number two is
0: Super Bowl 50. It was Denver and Carolina, and Peyton Manning's noodle arm didn't do anything, but the Denver defense just obliterated Carolina. They just present defense wins championships.
2: And I'm just gonna pop. That's actually uh um probably my number one honestly um you know i've loved peyton manning but that was special for me my dad had passed away and uh about three days uh before the super bowl so my dad was a huge football fan and so i actually uh, uh flew out at the last minute to san francisco and uh that was cool you know what's interesting about that super bowl is is that um it, it's a little different than it's during the day right it's in san francisco oh, yeah. and so it, it feels almost like a college game you know there and uh, you know, Lady Gaga did the, the national anthem and, you know, your open stadium. With, they're not all open, a lot of them, you know. And so you see the fighter jets flying over. And so uh, that was, you know, a really special one for me. And, and uh, like, you know, I had the good chance to see uh, Peyton Manning win his last one and go out. So
1: I enjoy your insight and a uh, little in- seen seed into uh, each one of that way of talk. Yeah. My, my number two is 51, only because it is solidified and I hope he's listening. It is solidified, so I'm superstitious in sports. Brad is a little bit too. And we have always (coughs) gone to my friend's house. And for a reason, when we went to my buddy's house, Eric, who is our number our second guest technically on the pod, uh, we always our teams always lose. And the Patriots are absolutely getting lit up by the by the Falcons. And I look at Brad and I said, I'm out of here. And I grabbed my wife, Allison, we left. And lo and behold, they made it come back. They made it come back. And That's I remember, my number one. I know, and I texted Brad that night. And I was like, never, ever again. On a game that matters to me. There well, i ever set foot in an not his
2: house. And that was my number two. I mean, honestly, that was a great, you know, in Houston, mm-hmm. you know, an energy stadium. And uh, uh, I have an interesting one, a, a gentleman kind of along the way that I met. Um, he was a minority owner of the Houston Texans. And so has an unbelievable suite. So I actually got to sit in a suite for that one. Wow. And, uh, and so he uh, – um, you know, loves huge Houston, you know, just Houston, Texas guy. And uh, um, so that, you know, for only game in overtime, you know, I'm um, at that point, you know, so what an atmosphere that was for overtime and, and there in Houston. And so, uh, you know, really, really, really enjoyed that game, you know, just, uh, um, you know, it just kind of shows that, I mean, you know, you play right till the end because, yeah. you know, especially in the NFL, it can all turn around in
1: just one quarter, you know.
0: My number
1: was Super Bowl yeah. 28 to three. So. And so my number one is Super Bowl Forty Nine, only because I honestly thought the Patriots were going to lose that game. It just seemed like Seattle was marching. <laughs> yeah. And there was no reason. I mean, I you I remember being with Allison, and I remember her. She left. She got off, was like they're going to lose this game, like I don't want to be around Steve when they lose. And I remember being in the bedroom, and I was like, Oh my God, they won.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know how they don't give that ball to Marshawn Lynch, man, (laughs) you know, and, uh, and I've got two friends on that, uh, on that team, you know, so Mondre Gee, who I went to Michigan State with, he's an assistant strength condition coach and Pat Rule, he's the assistant offensive line coach, you know, um, and they've been there a long time. Both of those guys have met them both at Michigan State. They were there when I was there and uh, you know how they don't give that ball to Marshawn Lynch there. And, and so, you know, I, am I'm pretty sure is isn't the guy that's the offensive coordinator now for the Lions. Wasn't he the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks during that time, Darrell Bevel, right? Yes. You know, and so uh, you know, man, you know, and, and I tell you, there's still a lot of those Seahawks guys that are very bitter oh, over that, that whole deal, you yeah. know. that defense, the Legion of Boom guys, I don't think they talked about that defensive staff for the most part, you know, for that. And uh, you know, how how uh, you know, in the game of, of it truly a game, you know, second guessing and you know, if you if you had, you know, twenty twenty you know, you know, the the ability to go back and, and, and do things over. You know how it would be, but you know, think of the Falcons. You know, in that way, you think of the Seahawks right there, throwing the ball right there on the goal line like that. You know, it's um, and that's what I love. I love about the games. You know, I love, you know, uh, you know, the tell you that one of the worst ones. You know, for me, um, was uh when the Seahawks just obliterated uh the Broncos. You know, in New York City, um, that was, and I'll tell you the disaster of that one. So you know, it, with that being in New, York, it's right across the river in in New Jersey. But the interesting part of that is, is that um, they didn't let any cars or anything go to the stadium. You, if you, when you got there, when you walked around, it was like a ghost huh. land. So the only thing that were allowed were trains going from the New York side over to the New Jersey side, and and buses, and and you know like uh, um, charter buses. So we managed to get um, tickets on a charter bus that we managed to to get through a. Uh, um, the uh a sports marketing group that i I know some folks in and so we managed to go and go right through the tunnel right over the stadium. thing it's great but so they had trains all segmented to get people over there and then they had trains all set up to get people back the problem was is they never considered the game was going to be a blowout and people leave at the end of the third quarter and so all these people started coming out and pouring out of the stadium in the third quarter there were no trains there was nothing there so all these people left the game couldn't get back in because when the Super Bowl set up, they create this huge barrier around the stadium. It's it's not like it is for a regular game where you just kind of, you know, go up to the the, the ticket, you know, the window and, and, and the gates right there. They create a double barrier fence completely around cement barricades guarded by military, the whole deal. I mean, it's like Fort Knox to get into. And so when you go, there's no getting back in. So you had all these people waiting. So they waited hour, hour and a half. For a train, I was sitting there. There's no cabs to take, nothing to get back. And then the game gets out, and all these other people are coming in, and they're trying to cut in front of them to get on the first trains that are being loaded up. And there's fights, and they don't have enough of them, you know, that they thought they would need. And so there were people that didn't get home across the river till like three in the morning. Wow. you know from that but we were fortunate we were on one of those buses and so we were able to zoom in uh, right after the game but we were back in new york city in about 45 minutes you know but wow. it was a logistics disaster and it was horribly cold the days before that game in new york city just ice you know cold fortunately it warmed up that day it was about 46 47 degrees you know outdoor stadium that you always kind of worry about and those kind of deals but uh yeah that was just a total disaster and i mean from the ball going over pain's head like the first snap that was a disaster through and through <laughs> the whole game and logistics, everything about it, you know, is just not good. So, wow.
1: Yeah. All right. Interesting. Well, what we at? Oh, we got the time. So yeah. what are you doing this weekend?
0: I don't think I'm doing anything.
1: Kind of feels good. Yeah. Maybe go to Grayson's game if he plays.
0: He does. He plays at
1: 8. So I'm going to try to go to his game. But I have to deliver a car this weekend as well. But, yeah, I'm going to just be around, too. We got plans, Doc, for the
2: weekend. You know, not really. Uh, we've got uh, um, you know—my daughter's on the robotics team, so they generally are—you know—they meet every Sunday and have a lot going with that. And and uh, we always, with the girls, they have four daughters, so there's always something going on, or yeah. some some project or this or whatever. So uh, I'm not gonna—you know—lack staying busy. And also, you know, um, we've got this week. Uh, I'm a member of the Rotary Club. They got the Brew on the Brave fundraiser that they do. Thursday at the Apex. And so anybody might be interested in coming out to that. It's a great event, great fundraiser that, you know, they do different things for us. So we got our tickets um, today. Yep. Wait so I'm, I'll am i be there uh, being a spotter for the things that I'm on the cleanup crew. So um, so that's always a great event every year. And uh, um, we'll just look forward to you know a little bit of rest here and, and doing any last minute, you know, preparations or conversations I can for the vote on Tuesday. So,
1: so where can people leave <coughs> the information for the uh, the Again,
2: they can go to alpinaschools.com. They can call my office at 358-5040. Um, absentee ballots are still available. If you can't make it that day, just go to your clerk, get one, and be done with it at this point. A lot of people have voted absentee, where they're seeing across the state large numbers. Um, so uh, people can do that if you can't make it there on, on your day. But um, if you don't know where your polling place is, it's really easy to get online. Um, and uh, and uh, I think it's uh, Emma mi.gov slash vote. Um, and you can go out and find your polling place or you can call your township clerk. They'll tell you right where to go vote. Um, that has shifted around a little bit lately. Um, I know in the township, there's uh, um, some that the, the ESDs, E no, S D is no longer a place. It's- uh, Tri-point uh Church. Yep, Tripoint Church is one, as well as a Word of Life Church um, and the township hall, I believe in the township. So uh, so yeah, so get that. And uh, uh, well, I'll be around until anytime, even on Tuesday, if anybody has any questions to give me a call um, I'll make sure to get you called back that day, um, and uh, and uh, we just hope that, uh, you know, we only had 26% of our parents come out and vote last time, and so, uh, you know, for the, the people whose kids, the water's leaking on their heads and cold and wearing jackets, you know, we're, we're hopeful that they have the information that they need, and, and we'll go out and exercise their right to vote.
1: That's a one in four families.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and again, we appreciate all of our seniors in the community too that to go and vote. We get a lot of support. Um, you know, our, our kids at our ACEs do a great deal um, in a program with seniors at the Senior Center. Um, great relationship with our seniors, and so we appreciate all their votes and um, exercising their right, and it's a good uh, um, role models for our younger kids to see. And so uh, we're just hopeful that there's a good turnout for people exercising their right to vote that, you know, our, our soldiers uh, fight day in, day in and day out to give uh, all of us the opportunity to be able to do.
1: I have my goal was to, I mean, I'm sure you know this, cause I've been working with you for a little while, but I'm doing one video a day to try to just highlight a little bit of it. And we have one video we went over the weekend that you're going to help me with Brad. And I can't wait for it. Am I? Right. Yes. So anyways, but yeah, um, over the next couple of days on uh, my feet, I'll, I'll be definitely going over pulling how to find it, educating people, wearing it out. Um, obviously I want you to vote yes, but more importantly, I think it's that you vote. So,
2: Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Fun time.
1: We're gonna take a break for one week, and then we'll be back. Yes. For merch madness. Extravaganza. I like it. All right. See ya.